Welcome back to the Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast. I am your co-host, Corey Walsh. And I'm your co-host, Nick. And today we're going to introduce a few new segments. We're going to talk about the championship final review. We're going to talk about the preview for the Europa League, Arsenal-Chelsea. Heated debate probably coming up about that. And uh, the NBA Finals preview. Will the Warriors finally be stopped? Who knows? But first, let's get rolling. go we have are officially ending the really depressing part of the summer (laughs) (laughs) thank god the weather gets nice the sports absolutely takes a huge dive (laughs) in terms of entertainment but uh i mean we have some good stuff left a lot of finals which gets anyone hyped you put finals in anything anyone just tunes in to watch it what did did you say finals what (laughs) wait (laughs) tennis uh, who's in it i don't care (laughs) final okay yeah i'll watch it yeah (laughs) Yeah, can i bet on it i bet on this (laughs) because then all my interest will really spike (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh championship it's over uh congratulations ashton villa (laughs) yeah so aston villa uh was triumphant in the uh uh epl championship playoff for the last uh promotion spots of the Premier League this year and they saw off Derby County and uh, <laughs> oh, what a your former uh, <laughs> compatriot over there at Chelsea uh, Frank Lampard Frank! <laughs> <laughs> and then my other I get to take another vicarious thrill because my boy Tammy Abraham <laughs> brought Ashton Villa to the ship and now he's um he's coming back <laughs> so I'm glad Ashton Villa can suffer <laughs> big Tammy that that's such an English name I feel like a, a, Tommy dude, a, dude, a dude named Tammy yeah sounds like a Downton Abbey name <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> Uh, did you see Jack Grealish's uh, cleats that he wore that game or no? no? Okay, so he wore his like lucky pair of like cleats apparently to to try to uh, get them promoted, and these things looked like like a forty year old dude playing in rec league like should be wearing <laughs> these shoes. Like they were worn to sh- to shit. Like, <laughs> like I can't believe he played a professional game and it, it was ridiculous. But yeah, well, well on to Aston Villa. I mean. Nick, just from the past two podcasts, you could basically establish him and Danny Grealish are tied at the hip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Jack Grealish is my boy. <laughs> He's all about the transfer rumors. You hear about Grealish? <laughs> <laughs> Goes into a pub, like a soccer soccer bar. You guys heard about Grealish? Everyone's like, who? <laughs> Nick will talk to you about hours. I guess maybe part of it is has to do with the fact that he does the slick back hairstyle, which used to be a style I thought was really cool for a while and tried myself. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I just feel uh, some sort of uh, emotional, attachment. Yeah, emotional attachment. I feel like I carry his thrill through his success. <laughs> so, I mean, I had heard prior to this championship final being played that, uh, you know, Lampard was being linked to Chelsea or rumored to have been linked for the Chelsea job. I mean, my thought on it was, you know, if he promotes, gets Derby County promoted, uh, you know, this season, he's probably going to want to stay with them at least for one year just because he did the work to get him up there. Oh, yeah. But now that, you know, they didn't make it. Darn. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, oh, darn, Derby County didn't make it. Shoot. Could, could, literally couldn't name one player on there. Or two players, actually. <laughs> Tom Huddleston. And guess who started the championship uh, playoff final? Ashley Cole at last back Cole. at 38 years old. I thought he was still on the Galaxy. I didn't yeah. know people left the MLS. I thought I, that was your last stop. I made the mistake of putting him in my DraftKings lineup uh, for, oh. for that game. And <laughs> needless to say, he did nothing. But Ahmed Elmo Amadi, a lot of points for me. Okay, Shout you, out to Elmo. Oh, yeah. In DraftKings, you get uh, – Point seven five or three quarters of a point for every cross that a player has, and Elmo Amity just literally—that's <laughs> all he does is cross the ball. So he got me so many points from that. But yeah, shouldn't have chosen uh, Ashley Cole. Terrible, terrible decision on my part. <laughs> but yeah, now that now that uh, Derby County's not going up, I feel like the Lampard to Chelsea links are going to be even you know more pronounced uh, now. So do do you think? Uh, he he goes to Chelsea now, or do you think they give Sorry uh, a little bit more time with this squad? Um, I don't know if you saw what was trending today on uh, 
soccer, the soccer Twitter sphere. Um, there was a huge fight basically at the Chelsea practice. Oh, great! <laughs> Between Higuain and David Luiz. Good, good little uh, training Team bust bonding. up. Yeah, <laughs> good, good little bust up in training. It's, it's, Newly, it's always it's always nice. <laughs> newly re-signed David Luiz and soon to be shipped back off to the pasta bar. Higuain yeah. <laughs> decided to uh, get into a, a little scrap that Cesar Azpilicueta, our, our boy, uh, had to try Cesar. to break up the captain. And sorry responds not instead of like going over and being like guys like what the hell are you doing we have a game tomorrow being like I'm gonna throw a temper tantrum on the side he literally like walked off threw his Chelsea hat on the ground then he picked it up and then put it back on his head what, as Pelicueta did that or no, no oh sorry, sorry did that sorry oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that is of course those prob- nicotine withdrawals are killing I was gonna him. say he probably was like you know what forget this and just lit up a cigarette immediately he's like, like hey Abramovich suck <laughs> on this <laughs> as he like huffs the smoke. Yeah, man, uh, I I did not hear about that, but uh, oh. that's 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 crazy. I feel like uh, I don't know who do you who who do you think was the aggressor in that? Uh, oh, it, situation? it was Higuain. It was Higuain. Yeah, I mean he has no control of his balance anyway, so he probably lost his momentum with his gut swinging <laughs> forward and <laughs> he, hitting David Luiz in the back. He probably just had like a huge plate of penne all vodka, like right, right oh, before yeah. he was out of the field and just you know. Oh man, <laughs> chicken parm was awesome. It, he was yeah, he was feeling a little ornery because he hadn't fully digested his meal yet. <laughs> so he went after David Luiz. I mean, what a what a polar opposite in body shape between the Italians we have on our team. We have Jorginho, who's this skinny little dude, and then we have Higuain, who's this massive like fat tank. Yes, he uh, he's. Big Argentinian guy. Uh, he played in the Italian league, but uh, yeah, I wish. Oh shoot! I, I, I wish. I wish he was actually Italian. He pretty much acts like a forty-year-old Italian. I just remember already. when he got signed by Juventus. All the memes that came out when he was lifting up his shirt, like, oh my god, Higuain gained like thirty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, he's definitely a, a CJ Anderson fat boy type of striker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> man, I'm so disappointed. I knew Higuain was Argentinian. <laughs> no, it's out there. I I know. I know my stuff. Don't question. It's all right, man. Like I said, he he eats like an Italian, so you you could be you could uh, confuse that. <laughs> He's already played in Napoli, Juventus, and uh, Inter. Yeah, well, no, plus si- the, that just Milan. That's what, I feel like that happens a lot. Like if a player plays in a certain league for a lot of years, like I'll, I'll mistake them for being, uh, uh, you know, that having that nationality yeah, of that league. Like it it happens a lot. Uh, like Zanetti, Javier Zanetti, I I thought for the longest time was. Uh, was Italian because he played on Inter for so long, but no, he, that's another Argentinian guy too. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Zanetti literally doesn't age. That, yeah, have you ever seen pictures of that man? I use him in my ultimate team for FIFA. <laughs> he was the kid's a monster. That dude, if they they took a picture of him every year, from like eighteen to thirty four, and he literally looks like he's a vampire. He he doesn't age. That could be either a good or a bad thing. I don't think I would want to look like what I looked like when I was eighteen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you were Javier Zanetti, you would. I mean, that dude, uh, you know. He's 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 got the Italian genes for sure. He just doesn't age whatsoever. That's the man. Italians and anyone of Asian descent, they for some of those people just don't age. Like my my father's like sixty five, and he look people think he's like forty five, fifty years old. Like it's just like it, 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 Italians and 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 Asians like they just age different than everyone else. It's it's crazy. I don't think Irish does that well, so I'm not really <laughs> looking forward to my lifeline. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that great. Um, so I, we'll dive into the, the Europa League final. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to hand you the win because <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's happening for me. I think Chelsea is going to absolutely get demolished. Not score-wise. I think throughout play, based off of the dis- – I don't think there has been a team in the history of soccer that has been so dysfunctional leading up to a certain championship that you had to win so many games to get through. <laughs> that Chelsea literally is like a mess. We have Marito Sari rumors out the door. We have Hazard store, uh, rumors out won't, the door. Won't commit to a new contract. Yeah. Refu- uh, Hazard refuses to commit to a new contract. Sorry, won't commit to Chelsea. He said, my mindset is on the uh, the, cha- the Europa League championship because there's these heavy Juve rumors for him, which if I was Juventus, oh Lord. what have you seen at Chelsea that has made you think, you know what, that guy handles superstars well? well let me tell you, he just uses Jorginho so effectively. <laughs> I saw this meme online where it was like, it's like a discussion between Juve president and um, Mauricio Sarri. He's like, oh, sorry, he's like, I will only join if I can sign one player and one player only. And they're like, you can have Jorginho. And he's like, <laughs> how do you know I wanted him? <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. But, um, yeah, the Europa League final, I mean to be to be honest, as an Arsenal fan, like I couldn't be more 
like happy with the strife that Chelsea <laughs> has been faced with with the last couple of weeks. Like, I mean, it's almost out of like uh, a fairy tale or something. You know, you guys play in uh, your last Premier League game of the season on a Sunday. For some reason, have a game against New England Revs scheduled that same Wednesday. Hometown squad. Yeah, in America. So you have to immediately leave your game on Sunday and travel there. You play your best players for some reason, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek <laughs> tears his Achilles. So now I'm like the biggest Revs fan ever. And now on top of that, I hear today that David Luiz and Higuain Two of the biggest idiots probably on that team are, you know, fighting each other like like two, you know, homeless guys fighting over a piece of ham. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Higuain probably saw a meatball on the ground or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it, it's I can't be happier, honestly, right now as an Arsenal fan. I feel like everything's leading up to, you know, us just being the, the dominant side, hopefully, and being able to uh, take home this, uh, this trophy. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too confident because, you know, Arsenal is known for just absolutely bottling <laughs> european competition i was gonna say so. it's like basically this is like a fight of who do, who like they're gonna like the the race for the top two of the top four spots in the bpl like everyone's gonna like the race for it who wants it and where everyone's gonna trip and so it's just gonna emerge with bumps and bruises yeah it's basically like if if you've ever seen like uh you know the the classic like a dude walking up into uh you know a, a garden hoe and and he steps it and it comes up <laughs> and, the, and the handle hits him in the face like that that was basically arsenal and chelsea like the last like four weeks of the premier league season like they'd walk in bang and the thing would hit come up and hit him in the face it'd be like oh geez that didn't work out well let me try it again bang <laughs> we were just continuously just hitting ourselves in the face and just being like hmm how come this is not working it's like why the, does my head hurt <laughs> like, the patrick meme where he had the board nailed to his head, yeah. but he kept on trying to walk through the door. He's like, oh, oh, yes, oh. Yes, that's, I mean, they said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result each time. Like, I feel like that was a little bit of, of Chelsea and Arsenal's, like, last, you know, three, four weeks of the Premier League season. It was basically just stumbling. It was like, <laughs> it was like a, it's like, you're, it's like a, a three, you're, uh, you know, three-legged race and, you know, <laughs> You know, your partner is uh, has a cast on one leg. Like, <laughs> All right, let's get like, into this potato sack just, and run. <laughs> it was just, it was just awful. Like, it was just a limp towards the finish. So yeah, it was. We I somehow mean, got third. Yeah, <laughs> we I, didn't even get fourth. We got third because Tottenham spurred it up once again. To, oh, to, speaking of bottling uh, European competitions, uh, yeah, I mean Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> you know, they. they I think I have no chance in this final either to digress from my point. But, yeah, oh, whoa. <laughs> they, uh, they, they're they another team that just likes to, you know, choke in, in, in major points this season. But, uh, but yeah, Euro- Europa League final, uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I feel like, uh, I mean, o- over under three and a half goals. Under. I say, you say under? Oh, yeah. I, I say over. I feel like this is just going to be an absolute, like, you know, goal fest. I feel like I don't think our defense is bad. I think our defense is honestly the best part of our team right now. Really? Because I was going to say I, I think your defense is probably the worst part. I I think you do have some potent attacking options. I mean, well, if Conte's out, which is a fifty-fifty apparently, then uh, if Conte's out, then I think that we're going to have the lineup of. Uh, hold on, while I puke in my mouth for a minute. <laughs> uh, uh, Ross Barkley, Jorginho, <laughs> and Kovacic. That's a stout Star defensive lineup. <laughs> if that's it, I'm out. <laughs> that's what Mark Cuban says. But, I mean, honestly, like, David Luiz, like, does some really dumb things on defense. And I watched uh, the second game against Eintracht Frankfurt, and he was absolutely exposed at times. Like, you know, especially strikers that don't necessarily wait on the back line, they, that they check to the ball you know, off of the back line, like in that midfield spot. Mm-hmm. Luka Jovic did that one time, and that's how they scored the goal. He he pushed off of David Luiz <laughs> to go run and check to the ball. They play him an entry pass. David Luiz gets sucked out of his center his center back spot and just leaves a huge hole behind him. And what does Jovic do? Just one-two with the guy next to him, <laughs> spin off David Luiz, and they're in because <laughs> they left a huge gap, uh, you know, in the, in the spot that he was supposed to... Uh, you know, being so I was never so appalled yeah. <laughs> watching that entire game. So I feel like David Luiz, like no offense, but as an Arsenal fan, like I, I, they need to attack him. Like, uh, I think that's every team's plan 
I mean, <laughs> Lionel Messi can say he's one of his favorite targets. <laughs> and, and your plan should be if Mustafi's on the field, Gun drive him. at him every single time. <laughs> Who do you think? Give me what your expectation that the starting 11 is going to be for you. Um, you don't so, have to get the formation. Like, cause yeah, well, like you said, like you said last time, yeah, Emery I mean, switches all the time. Yeah. Emery switches up a lot. Uh, I mean, in, in Europe, he has been playing a lot uh, with the three center backs. So if I had to guess, it would most likely be uh, the three center backs. It's probably going to be Socrates, Koscielny, and Monreal. Probably Socrates as the center of those uh, three center backs with Koscielny on the right and Monreal as the left of the three center backs. And then two wingers, uh, Kolasinac will be the left wing back and Ainsley Maitland-Niles will be the right wing back. Bellerin, you know, tore his ACL halfway through the season. And Licksteiner is just way too old for... That was uh, a weird signing. Yeah, it was... Uh, don't even get me started on that, but <laughs> it's it's uh, you know he doesn't have the legs. I think at 34 to to start in, in a European final against uh, you know top four. I thought he lost the Premier legs, League like two Juve seasons ago. Yeah, is uh, I don't know, man, but yeah, Ainsley's been playing uh, pretty well this year, barring a, a few dumb mistakes in the in the last couple uh, Europa League games. So those, that'll be the starting back line, and then in front of them we usually do a a, a two one two uh, with like. Two defensive mids, one attacking mid, and then two strikers. And it'll probably be Xhaka and Torreira holding with Ozil in front of him. Oh, in, in front of them, yeah. And then Aubameyang and Lacazette up top. I feel like you have to play Ozil in this game. Like he's, I know he's a very controversial figure because <laughs> he's reason, just, he won't. <laughs> yeah, because you know most of the time you, you say you're defending with ten men if you if you have Ozil on the field. Like you know he just very lazy defensively and and he's a, a shoddy. Uh, offensive player at times you, you never really know what you're going to get you can get the real madrid ozil or you can get you know shouldn't be playing against stoke city on a tuesday night <laughs> terrible touch ozil but i mean big game european final i i feel like you have to start that guy so yeah i, th- I think that's probably the uh the starting lineup and and the other thing is Aubameyang and lacazette need to be as close to each other as they possibly can this entire game our whole season has been you know uh, derived, I guess, off of their uh, chemistry this year. Oh yeah, and, and the the amount of times that they've they've scored and assist assisted each other uh, is is you know crazy. So they, they, if Emery's smart, he's keeping them as close to each other as he possibly can on the field at all times. If uh, if I can get into the mind of a coach who wants to leave the team. <laughs> Let me get into the mind of a Greg Jennings. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Let me carry the team on my back, dude. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the mind of a soccer coach. <laughs> oh, I have a weird craving for nicotine. <laughs> this is this is weird. Um, sorry if I know he he he's so weird with our backs. He hates Marcus Alonso for some reason, who I absolutely love. So this is going to break my heart, but I don't think Alonso is going to get the start. He's probably going to start the two freaking Italian backs. We're probably going to get Zappa Costa and um, Emerary. Uh, Emerson Palmieri? Yeah, yeah, Emerson Palmieri. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. Yeah, you know, I know <laughs> he barely plays except in Europa League, which – so then I really think he'll probably have Aspo Cueta and David Luiz as the two center. It's probably going to be a four-back. I mean, then <laughs> – Keppa at goalkeeper, who was the hero of the PKs. Hero, air quotes. <laughs> Punk. <laughs> I love Keppa. <laughs> he hates sorry as much as I do, so <laughs> I'm down for it. Oh, you mean Keppa, the manager of Chelsea? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he probably just assembled this lineup, too. He's like, I tried a FIFA yesterday against a 10-year-old. <laughs> it works pretty well. Yeah. Then, as I already previously stated, the midfield of horror without Conte. If Conte plays then it, the midfield automatically gets a lot better. But you can't put a single player back out of our midfield. Our midfield is all offensive. There's not one stout midfielder left that can play both sides. So it's going to be the Barkley, Kovacic, and uh, Jorginho ugh, <laughs> horror show. Then we're going to probably start um, Giroud. <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Does does uh, my boy Giroud, the former Gooner, you know, start up top? Yes, he has to. He's been absolutely electric in Europa League somehow with those those legs that move twenty miles per hour versus everyone's eighty. <laughs> yeah, he was like for a good part of the year. I feel like he was leading the Europa League in, in he, goals. He, he still is. He is. Yeah, he's yeah. nineteen. I think. 
That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing it doesn't count <laughs> for anything. We re-signed him, though. Thank God. Just Olivier. Jaroud Zadud. And then we'll probably put Pedro and Hazard on either side, even though I'd rather start William over Pedro. I really don't like Pedro that much. I think he's average. I think William at least adds something dynamic to the winger position. He's fast. All you can say about Pedro is that he's crafty with dribbling. Wouldn't say you ever seen a moment by Pedro where you're like, holy shit, this guy is sick. He was a Barcelona, like, Barcelona let him go when he was, like, in his, like, prime, basically. Yeah, he was, like, 27, I think, somewhere around there. It, he was definitely not in the back end of his career. And yeah. we, they just dumped him off, and Mourinho was like, yes, <laughs> sick. Yeah, but I, I really can't stand this lineup. It repulses me, and it's only going to get worse next year, so here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I, I, I feel like... Uh, you would probably agree with me if you said that Arsenal probably has the advantage in midfield. Um, I would say <laughs> Arsenal has the advantage in every aspect right now, except I would probably take Kepa and I would take Hazard. So even though I just spent five minutes saying that your defense is probably the worst part of your team, I still think your defense is better than Arsenal's. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think Azpilicueta covers up David Luiz's like, loose cannon attitude at center back. Yeah, I mean... I uh, I I still think Chelsea's going to be even, uh, you know, with some of the guys I mentioned and the deficiencies they have. I think it's it's still going to be hard to break down Chelsea. Like, Sorry's going to have these dudes playing, you know, very defensive mindedly. But actually, is Rudiger injured too? Yeah, he he is. Yeah, so I mean, that's Rudiger is low key been our probably. No offense, Azpilicueta has been our best defender all year. Like, yeah, I don't he know. Has Ru- been Ru- really, Ru- really good. Rudiger has been very, very good this year. I thought that was pretty big uh, when you guys uh, lost him uh, right for a before. while. We lost him right before the Frankfurt game. Yeah, he, we, uh, yeah, he, he was like probably the best center back you guys had, and that, yeah, that was another guy who covered up David Luiz's uh, deficiencies, and oh. you could you could definitely tell he was a little bit exposed. The second half of the year, once once he uh, once he went out, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like this team is a real like you're the soccer historian. I really just feel like there hasn't been a team that's been this kind of successful with this much chaos also involved in it. I don't know if you can think of a a time that even remotely is close. I mean, this would be like if Real Madrid just was in the the Europa League right now. Like, their season was so dysfunctional, too. But <laughs> yeah. they had r- actual reality strike. I feel like we're on freaking cloud nine, except it's a miserable cloud. It's like <laughs> yeah. a thunderstorm. <laughs> I'm not expecting Hazard to stay. I'm not expecting Sorry to stay. I'm rooting for Sorry to leave, along with Jorginho. <laughs> they can both take a flight off to Italy. They're a package deal, yeah. They're like a married couple. You just got to take them. It's like, um, it's like that... Like, Mauricio Sorry and Jorginho is like that friend you have that... Like has that girlfriend, and they always have to go somewhere together. But you really can't stand one of them. So it's like, yeah, can I come over? And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you mind if uh, Jorginho comes? And you're like, oh, dude, I don't even like Jorginho, but like, <laughs> I want, I want you to come. He's like, um, I only have one spot left at this table. Oh, we'll share it. Oh my god, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh Jesus. But yeah. Um, I would say my prediction for this game is that Arsenal's probably going to win 2-1. I'm expecting a brace from a Bumiang, I think, and I think the goal from Chelsea will probably come from... Um, I'm expecting one of the midfielders, honestly, off of like a, just a deflection. I don't expect our offense to be that potent without Conte at all. Like Conte doesn't really add much offensively, but he takes so much pressure off the defense that we're able to like push other midfielders up more. But when you basically have a revolving door at midfield for people to just walk on through, then have David Luiz be like, I'll step up first <laughs> and just get absolutely obliterated, then I, I don't I don't see any way that this could actually happen unless the Gunners actually just bottle it. Like, there's a slight chance they might. Yeah, there's always a chance Arsenal just says, you know, we're just not going to come out and play today. But, uh, you know, we've had a good two and a half weeks rest. There's been a couple guys who are a little bit banged up, so they'll uh, – They'll be back in action for sure. Hopefully, Socrates doesn't kill anyone. Uh, he, <laughs> he scares me sometimes. Like that. Like I've always, uh, the last couple of years, I've always been like, you know, man, Arsenal needs like a hard-nosed defender that's you know willing to go in and just absolutely 
clatter people on challenges and, and, you know, is willing to get in people's faces and, you know, talk trash and stuff. And then we got that in Socrates and it was like almost a little bit too much. It was like, Oh my God, man, like relax. Like, don't, don't worry. Like you, you got the call or, or, or like, you know, you fouled him. It's like, you don't have to murder him. Like, You'll die now. Yeah. So Socrates is a stone cold killer, man. Where is he from? It's not, um, it's not Greece. Yeah, I just I remember the flag. It's not Socrates Papazosopoulos. It's like the FIFA where they tell you like on the card like on Ultimate Team they have their full like name like because these Brazilians have like these ridiculous names like Pele's name is like four thousand like letters long and it just goes also known as Pele, then like Neymar also known as Neymar. Yeah, that's funny. But um. All right, uh, we're gonna introduce uh, a new segment. It's gonna be called Cooler Talk, which is basically gonna be just like little snippets and tidbits of stuff we hear for, throughout the week between episodes that we just want to talk about. It might not be sports related all the time. It might be just about something random that we see that we just feel like is like either on our nerves or just something like you want to talk about. So Nick, I I think he said he had stuff on his mind. So <laughs> let's see what we got here. So today is is bittersweet day in Cooler Talk. It is oh. Currently, as of today, May 28th, the three-year anniversary of our sweet Prince Harambe's oh. departure from this earth. I, I, I saw that as well, <laughs> and I was like, man, the, meme, the, like, the first meme lord I really saw in my time, unfortunately passed. What a terrible time. With the death of him, <laughs> became the birth, though, of so many memes <laughs> about oh, yes. Harambe. Gone but never forgotten. The, the cheap Photoshop of him up in the sky, <laughs> like his face, like almost like Teletubby esque. Yes, with the with the angel wings, yes, <laughs> and the halo. Oh, our Lord and Savior. Oh, nothing. I'll tell you what. Nothing was funnier than. Did you ever see the? Uh, they made a fake thirty for thirty commercial about Harambe. No. <laughs> oh man, I'll I'll have to show that to you. And it had the the voiceover like you know. What if I told you? Oh, God. <laughs> he wasn't the greatest. I love when Caliendo did the fake 30 for 30s. Frank Caliendo was so funny. Oh, yeah. That guy has about 10,001 different voices and everything. It's, <laughs> and he, he's he's he, hilarious. He, like, brought them all together for that. Um, the John – was it, like, John Gruden? No, it was Richard Sherman running for president. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> this guy, very smart. Oh, John Gruden. Oh, John Gruden is, like, one of the most, like, cartoonish – coaches in all sport caliendo does a great impression of him too actually funny story john gruden actually brought caliendo in front of his team and said okay do your impression of me and frank was like uh like is this dude gonna kill me like if i just start making fun of him in front of his players but he did it and like all coach of course all the players start dying laughing because it's hilarious and then gruden he said gruden comes up and he goes tell you what that's a good impression of me man (laughs) i'll tell you what that's pretty good i like it (laughs) And then he had, like, the Andy Reid impression in that one where he takes a glass of milk and just, like, sips and goes. <laughs> and he has, like, the walrus mustache yeah. and is just dripping from his from his mustache. Oh, man, good times. But, yeah, I uh, I miss Harambe every day. You know, he uh, he was an inspiration. He was a light, of, light upon the world. <laughs> no one really knew him until the day he was dead. <laughs> and that's how all heroes start. <laughs> I need to go visit his memorial in, in Cincinnati at the zoo. The, the only homage. thing bringing people to Cincinnati these days is Harambe's <laughs> memorial spot because <laughs> it's not the Reds, it's not the Bengals. <laughs> oh God, what a terrible town! <laughs> hey, people, people want to protest everything today. I want to protest the kid, and not even the kid, the parent who wasn't <laughs> paying attention <laughs> and the let their kid into drop the into the gorilla ca- like it, enclosure. Like, I want to just p- can we protest that person? Can we see like the security footage of what that parent was doing instead of watching their yeah, kid like, drop into the pit? Yeah, like what the heck? What were you checking Instagram or something? Like, like oh, I have so many follows today. Like, you know? look how many likes I got on this picture of me in a bikini. Man, I'm <laughs> yeah. a, good thing I'm not a single mom. Oh, yeah. look at my kid. It's <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing playing down there with you know oh. Harambe? Oh. Oh, uh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that. A dart. Bloop. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. I, wa- I, uh, I want to protest those parents. <laughs> In a weird way, I feel like Harambe really got the, the Twitter sphere going. I think the Twitter Twitter got good rec- like in a recent amount of time. Like before, it was pretty professional. And then the Harambe stuff came through, and then Twitter turned into a meme circus that never ends. Oh, yeah. That and the, the dicks out for Harambe was oh. absolutely hilarious. Like, Don't know who came up with that. Like, yeah, I have no idea. But Barstool That's an like, unsung made, hero. But yeah, Barstool made a lot of money off of that. 
do you think Barstool ever gives like credit to the people who make the t-shirts or they just go like, it's not copyrighted. So like, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how Dave I feel like does those Dave, type of things. He, he, he definitely is all about the money. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, here brings up another little, I guess, cool segment or part of the segment for cooler talk. I've actually, I actually met Dave Portnoy. He came to a town near both of us, which we weren't expecting. I was in New Hampshire and I got the update from far away and I was like, I was just there the week before, and then the next week, Dave Portnoy's there at the same time, and I just, like, I texted my girlfriend, I'm like, I could have met Dave Portnoy, and in classic girl reaction, it became a, who's that, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, so this conversation lost you. all power, <laughs> okay, I'm basically just saying I met, like, some random dude. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give a little recap of the story, like, uh, so, Obviously, a lot of people know Portnoy does pizza reviews of, like, you know, places all across the country. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Connecticut, uh, especially New Haven, has some of the best pizza in, in the entire United States. And, and I can back it up. It's yeah, the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyone who lives here knows. Uh, Worcester Street in New Haven has got, you know, Italian restaurants and, and uh, pizzerias all, all up and down the uh, the street. So he was doing a review of one of the uh, pizzas, I think, in New Haven or West Haven earlier that day so i guess he just happened to i don't know maybe someone told him or or he found out where this dive this dive bar was in westbrook connecticut called uh it's called the deck now but it used to be called the upper deck and pretty much a, a shithole <laughs> but, but you know it's a good Has place decent stuff yeah they got some pool tables and you know they trivia up, night. yeah tri- i mean that's that's why i was there they do bar trivia every wednesday and and you can win uh you know, some, some gift cards and, and stuff like I don't that know as why prizes. They, like, side note, real quick. Why are they offering gift cards when they're... I feel like they're struggling, as is. Well, yeah, they offer gift cards to their own place, so you have to come back and, <laughs> and use it a separate time. But I just feel like I'd be like, oh, thanks for coming, but um, we're also struggling for money, but here's some free money yeah. <laughs> that you can just get whatever you want with it. Yeah, so, so, I'm, so I go into this place for uh, trivia night, and as soon as I got in there, I had to go to the bathroom, so... I immediately went into the bathroom and as I'm walking out of the bathroom, as soon as I walk out, the bars, part of the bar, it's a wraparound bar. And part of the bar was is literally right in front of you when you walk out of the men's room. And as soon as I walk out of the men's room, I literally see Dave Portnoy <laughs> sitting at the bar and he's sitting next to this girl talking to her. He's probably on a date with this girl. And I'm literally just like, my mouth just opens and I'm just staring at him like, uh, huh? And, and so I'm looking around for my friends cause I, I didn't even figure out where they were sitting yet. So I, I look around with my eyes and I finally see where they're sitting, and they're looking at me, looking, <laughs> looking at, at Dave, <laughs> and they, they're obviously waiting to see my reaction. So I look at them, and I point at Dave, po- Dave Portnoy, and I, like, you know, mouth out, like, Dave? Dave? <laughs> and they all look at me, and they nod their heads, The two yes. thumbs up in the back, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're like, yes, that's Portnoy. And so I'm like, oh, my Lord. But at this point, I, I'm kind of close to Portnoy, so <laughs> he, see, he sees me. pointing and saying his name at him. And so I I hear him talking to the girl next to him. Uh, Is he saying Dave? Like, does this, like, do do you know this dude? Or, like, who is this or something? So I'm like, oh, God. Like, I don't want to be a weirdo. Like, I got to go say hi now. Like, and so so I walk up to him. Me being a huge, you know, follower of Barstool and part of my take, like, I walk up to Dave and go, Oh, hey, Mr. Portnoy. I'm like, oh, my God. I just, I just called, called you Dave just, behind your back, just, but I'll, I'll go professional face to face. I just pointed at you and called you Dave, but sure, I'll call you Mr. Portnoy now, you know, to uh, observe the niceties. And so I go, oh, hey, Mr. Portnoy, I just, uh, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I uh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of your, uh, of your content, and I, and I love your stuff. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. And I was like, all right, you know, have a, have a good night, like. That was pretty much the end of it, but of course, I made myself look like an absolute dumbass in, in front of the CEO of Barstool. I feel like it's better to look like that, though, than be the guy who like walks up to him and just like tries to piss him off. I yeah. mean, like, there's definitely like outside of like New England, like a lot of people probably just want to aim at him to piss him off. Oh yeah, because he's Mister Boston. <laughs> yeah, he he is Mister Boston. He's he's you know some of the stuff he does on Twitter and Instagram is a little bit obnoxious, but I I think he's absolutely hilarious. Um, I think with that, well, and. Cooler talk for now, <laughs> but yes. man, this is going to open up a lot of windows. Oh yeah, there's going to be a, many cans. It's going to be mostly rants. I feel like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be like, like a therapy. It's going to turn uh, into 
grind my gears like what Peter Griffin. Did. <laughs> I'll tell you what's gonna grind my gears. Not really. Oh, he said it again. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> he said it. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right, so yeah, good cooler talk. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, it's new. It's gonna definitely w- grow into something of its own. <laughs> We're gonna take time and let it develop like a, a young baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now we'll jump into uh, the finals. I mean, it's coming up Thursday. I know we could probably have done it Thursday, but I feel like it's better to do it now before other people do it, so our ideas stay original. I mean, today is Tuesday, <laughs> so the final starts on Thursday. So this is a great time to start. Um. Uh, as we all know, I am, I feel like now I am outside of Toronto, the only pro Toronto fan in this series, which is weird being a Cleveland fan rooting for Toronto. The only thing I ever rooted for was Toronto's demise, (laughs) but all you have to do is like not be the Warriors and I'll love you. (laughs) But I also felt, as I say before, that this team was more built to play playoff basketball than a young Milwaukee team under the new head coach who isn't a new head coach. Boonholzer has been around for many years but i <laughs> i say that and then nick nurse is a first year head coach but um yeah so what do you think about this finals what are what's uh really in your Man, head here i mean th- this is just my thought process take me through it <laughs> <laughs> as as a you know lay person <laughs> in terms of basketball the warriors have three top 15, top 20 players on their team, not even including Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So, or Steph, Boogie. Ste- Steph Curry, top 20 player? Top five. Yeah, six. okay, true. But I'm just saying yes. top top 20, yes. Draymond yeah. Green, top 20 player. Borderline. <laughs> yeah, borderline, but probably top 20 player. Yeah. Clay yes. Thompson, <laughs> top 20 player, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's three top 20 players before you even get to Kevin Durant. So even if Kevin Durant plays zero games in this series, you still have a really. I mean, good they team. they still won. They still won a ring, uh, you know, with the with that core. They they uh, almost won two. One yeah, game almost away. won two. They they three one lead. One bogut <laughs> one bogut injury and one Draymond suspension yeah. from a kick to the nuts away from another. So I mean, they they have you know three killers on their squad, even not even not even including Kevin Durant. Okay, Kawhi obviously. So let's go look at the Raptors. Kawhi's a top 20 player right mm-hmm. who who else is a top 20 player on that team no one. yeah the the fact that you have to go well no i was gonna say siakam but siakam's no, but that too young pro- but that proves my point like there's no one else besides Kawhi that you could even that has a sniff of being in the top 20 like that i i listened to this on uh on wfan with francesa today he's like uh. yeah he's like <laughs> What are you talking about? I don't, I don't even get know. out of here. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, I, I have to agree with him. Like most of the time you can say on a team, oh, you know, this is the uh, number one guy. This is the number two guy. And it's usually not up for debate. It's just bang, bang. This Toronto team, the, the number two guy is up for debate. We don't really know who the number two guy is. You'd say it's probably a debate between well, Van Vliet, no, Lowry, Lowry or uh, Siakam, I would think, between those Shock-em. two. <laughs> Siakam. Um, I think, so when you talk about the Warriors and, uh, the way they play in the playoffs, everyone always points to how Steph is not a, uh, important finals player. They say he kind of struggles in the finals. Um, I, I'm just going to like, I'm just going <laughs> to burst your bubble real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you consider struggling, but I'm going to tell you all the finals that Steph's been in. And this is how it's been. Um, in 2015, the one they won, he scored 26 points on 44% shooting, 5.2 assists, and 5.8 rebounds. Um, he didn't win MVP. Uh, Iguodala won that. Yeah, that, I mean, Iguodala <coughs> got that for the defensive. That, that's the thing. The if, defensive play. If if you th- – this is like the genius of, of LeBron. Like, or I, I guess this just shows more of, I guess, how good LeBron is. If you defend LeBron well – in an NBA final series, you will get MVP. But Kawhi Leonard <laughs> did it in 2014. Iguodala did it in uh, what was it 2015. But so like, <laughs> so so if you defend LeBron, you get an MVP. I don't like defending LeBron is like the most 
Iguodala did not defend LeBron because LeBron was in the discussion to win M- the Finals MVP when he lost. Yeah, like he was destroying the Warriors. They were just lucky that the next best player playing well was Della Vadova. Yeah, because Love and uh, Love got injured before the Finals even started. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then Kyrie, Kyrie got, got hurt in the Game One, first half. Yeah, so it was the Della Vadova LeBron show, <laughs> and I mean that worked for two out of the four games. But Steph, like. Steph was our leading scorer by over 12 points. Iguodala was the second highest scorer with 14, and then Clay was at like 13.6. And then in the next finals, the one that they lost in seven, Steph struggled. He scored 22.6 points on 40% field goal shooting, <clears throat> which 3.7 assists and 4.4 rebounds. I mean, I don't know what you call struggling. I still don't consider 20 points, 22 points a game struggling. I just consider it a dip from his normal play. But still... I mean, that was a seven-game series. You, you're gonna those games. There was no close games for the first six. The only close game was Game Seven. Every other win was by like ten points or more. Game of of that uh, that seven-game series you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, Game Six and Seven were really the only close games. All the other ones were blowouts. Almost blowouts. Yeah, in either direction. Yeah. I mean, like, of course the stats are going to look bad. If you have a bad scoring night as a team, you're not going to, like, break a slump when you're – like, because he's the go-to guy for those two series. They didn't have KD. It's the one that they could also rely on for scoring. So they're going to look to Steph to, to put in some curry magic and huck up some threes. But um, also – so then in the next series, the, one, the first one with KD, he really struggled there. He had 27 points per game with 9.4 assists and 8 rebounds. But you're right. I'm sorry. KD should have won MVP because I think he scored like, I think, I know he scored like probably like 30 in that series. But like, I feel like Steph, he did not, when I looked at the game logs from those, he did not have stats even remotely close to as good as Steph's. I mean, 9.4 assists, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like in a final series. I know you're, you're like, oh, he could pass it off to Clay and Durant. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Like the Cavs knew what the Warriors were coming with. They've played him multiple times. They were ready defensively. And then this last final, Steph Curry, everyone believes he was robbed of this finals MVP, that Durant didn't deserve to win it. But Durant hit the shot in the same spot he hit the year before. So just hand it over to him. Um, he had 27 points, 6.8 assists, and six rebounds. All of these were above forty percent shooting, so there was no signs of slumps anywhere. <laughs> well, if if that's a if that's a slump, uh, I'll uh, I'll take a slump from Steph Curry every every finals <laughs> from now on. Then, yeah, seriously, like I don't know what, but I feel like the X factor in this game is gonna be the point guards because Steph's gonna have to play really well because now you're without KD, so you are officially back in the seat of the scorer i mean it's always been your team but with kd there steph has kind of taken a back seat in terms of scoring but the the player that absolutely has to step up for this series to even be remotely close kyle lowry has to be some form of a player that you notice in the game like lowry was really good in game seven and game six of the milwaukee series and we need that kyle lowry in this in this series now i know he had got to go against Eric Bledsoe, who we previously <laughs> stated was absolutely shitting his pants for about half of those series against the Toronto. But he Kyle Lowry in the playoffs is atrocious. I am not going <laughs> to sugarcoat it. Like historically, ever since he's been in Toronto, he has been atrocious. He has had a plus or minus negative plus or minus three times when <laughs> on on the Raptors when he's in games in the postseason. That is what a neg- his plus or minuses with the negatives are negative 1.5, negative 2.1, and negative 7. What starting point guard has those stats in playoff games consistently and still has their job? One that has Kawhi Leonard on his team, I guess. I mean, I guess so, but this playoffs, he has been a completely different player. He's had 14.7 points per game. He's been scoring 6 point. He has 6.4 assists, 5.2 rebounds, and he has a plus 7.1 plus or minus in the playoffs, which considering how much of a liability he is defensively being a midget <laughs> and being kind of out of shape, I would say that, yeah, that's pretty good for him, especially because his next highest plus or minus is 0. 0.6. Plus 0. 0.6. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's in high. I guess he's out of the red at that point. I mean, that's good, but holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's, 
That's a penny stock even I wouldn't buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, a player that is making a huge difference for this Warriors team, though, with KD gone, is Draymond Green. Draymond Green, at the beginning of this postseason, looked like you took his performance, shipped it out, and just never expected it to come back. Because he went from being like super dynamic and super involved in every aspect of the team to being basically non-existent. I mean, this season he averaged like seven, a 7-7-7 seven, seven, and seven all year. And his, his three-point percentage is atrocious. I think everyone knows that. It is atrocious. He It's 28% on threes. And that's not like saying, like, oh, he shoots, like, so little that it's, it's all right. He no, he jacks him up for sure. Yeah, he acts like he's the third splash brother out there. He, he's like, oh, guys, you didn't send me the T-shirts. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, no, we actually never shipped them to your house. It actually went somewhere else. But um, he has come alive since – all the injuries started this playoffs. He is putting up a 14, 10 and eight, but <laughs> the three point spell is still kicking. He's shooting 21% from three, <laughs> but that being said, they're all the clutch threes that they need in the series. And it's so annoying because anyone who hates the warriors hates when Draymond green gets like fired up because he just becomes the biggest asshole ever. Oh on the yeah. Court. See that's that's the thing too. Like like you said, he he hits the 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 threes that they need. That that's like a a, a I guess a parameter of clutchness that I feel like people don't measure a lot. Like Max Kellerman was talking like last week or two weeks ago about uh, last shot percentage. It's like oh you know Kawhi Leonard when he when he made that absurd comparison or, or argument that Kawhi Leonard was a more clutch player than Kobe Bryant and, and which is just so dumb in so many ways mm -hmm. and Stephen a and, and jay williams like literally walked off jay williams set. walked yeah. off he was like i'm done <laughs> but one of his quotes was like oh Kawhi's last shot percentage is very high so like when he's taking the last shot you know uh he makes it which is very clutch the last shot in the game is not always the clutch shot like you just talked about draymond green made the threes when they needed him to make the threes it wasn't necessarily the last shot of the game Clutch moments happen in, in many more shots besides the last shot of the game. A lot like, of shots are like momentum shifters. Exactly. Momentum shifters. Like, that's the one thing. Like, I don't think you can quantify clutchness in that way because, for perfect example, Draymond Green. Probably, if if you look at his last shot percentage, it's probably pretty low, mm -hmm. like, like his three-point percentage. Yeah. But guess what? Like you said, he makes the threes when they need him to make the threes. And that's, regardless of his shooting percentage, are clutch threes. So, you know, that, that that's like w w one thing I'm talking about, like, uh, y y you know, in, in, in terms of guys, uh, you know, stepping up when, when KD's been out and everything. Yeah, he, mm -hmm. he's exploded, and he's been clutch in, in, in you know, much more than the, than the last five minutes of game for, for uh, Golden State. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, this Warriors team – you're smelling tra like little trails that it's the end for them. But I, I, I am going to put my flag down and say that I think Toronto has a, a good chance of winning this series. I'm not saying it's in their favor. I'd say it's like a 40 to 60% chance. It's not like Cleveland last year's chance. I think it's better. I think you're getting a player who's fully – a team that's way better built to beat the Warriors. I mean, the Cavs last year were a team of LeBron, Kevin Love, and a bunch of players they got from the trade deadline. Yeah, <laughs> they traded away like six players and got four back. Yeah, yeah, you got you traded away like D. Way, Jay Crowder, um, Iman Isaiah Shumpert, Thomas, Isaiah, and then in return you got Larry Nance, Doran Clarkson, Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood. Wait, was Rodney Hood on the Trailblazers? <laughs> yeah, he was really yeah. good this postseason. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he literally looked like a completely different player. Like couldn't make a shot. When he was on uh, Cleveland, now he was like, you know, dropping twenty two, you know, on some nights with with Portland. Like, yeah, Rodney Hood is like, I think on Cleveland, the issue with playing with LeBron is that when you play with LeBron, you're giving up the ability to be a shot creator, and you're just going to be a catch and shoot player. And Rodney Hood, as you saw in this last series against the Warriors, was more way more of a create his own shot type of player. He needs the ball in his hands. He can't just be like, all right, go stand in the corner and while I drive, I'll dish it out to you when we get double teamed. Like Rodney Hood, like there's players that just don't work with LeBron. It's simple. Like you saw it last year in Cleveland. Like Dwayne Wade no longer worked with LeBron. I mean not that Dwayne Wade was like in his prime or anything. 
but like you just certain players just won't work in that system that they the LeBron team creates. The war the 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 reason the Lakers were so bad is because they were like, huh, you know what really worked with LeBron? Catch and shoot. You know what we're not going to do? We're not going to sign shooters. We're going to sign JaVale. We're going to sign Rondo. We're going to sign Lance. We're going to sign, like, the meme team, Michael Beasley. <laughs> and none of those players have ever been described as prolific shooters. I mean, Rondo never shoots. Lance Stevenson's jumper is sketchy at best. <laughs> JaVale McGee so screwball the paint. Yeah. And then uh, Michael Beasley went to China, like, halfway through. <laughs> so that automatically just tells you how bad he was. Yeah. Well... Let's let's hear the predictions. Who who do you think wins and and in how many games? Um I think that uh I think I said that um so here's like the two narratives that could possibly happen. Um Kawhi historically has been dynamic against the Warriors. We saw it in the series I believe 3 years ago where he played, they're demolishing the Warriors, and then Zaza stepped under his foot, and then the Kawhi saga started. But Kawhi can absolutely demolish a KD-less lineup because if you, without KD, that's who he would defend. So now you can move him on to, like, Clay, And if you move him on to Clay, because you're not going to have him guard Iggy because Iggy's not going to drop 30 consistently. Clay has a chance to. You're not going to put him on Steph because... He's that's just pointless. Who guards Steph? It's gonna have situation. to be. It's gonna have to probably either be Lowry or Green or Lowry. Yeah, Lowry or Green. I'd rather have Lowry. I feel like Green's too slow to guard him. Well, too Green's big. like a perimeter centric defender, which would work against Steph. Even though he sneakily is an extremely good under the basket point guard, he's very crafty with his layups. But um, if you Lowry's defense is going to be a huge, huge, huge issue. Lowry is awful at defense, and he is so short that you really can only put him on Steph. Because, and, and that's what the Bucks were doing in the last series. They were trying to get Giannis on mismatches with Kyle Lowry all the time. And like the only reason it didn't work is because once the Raptors saw that, that the, that mismatch occurred, they just crunched, and then they just had Giannis have to kick it out to someone else. They're like, all right, we're not going to have Giannis beat us. So let's have anyone else beat us, like, honestly. And that's where Eric Bledsoe actually looked decent for a whole quarter and made me feel like what we said on last podcast wasn't going to work, but it did because he sucked again <laughs> right after. But the Steph versus Kawhi offensive matchup is going to be absolutely key in this series because Kawhi is going to be the top scorer for them and Steph more likely than not is going to be the top scorer for the Warriors. But the difference is Kawhi is such a versatile player and affects so many asset aspects of this game that, I mean, this is the hot take. So you might want to strap in. Um, the, the, the Warriors will need KD to win this series. I don't believe a KD list team will win this series at all. I expect that after the series goes to four, it should be 2-2. And then by that point, I feel like KD will have to come back for the last three games, and that will be the true series. Because you're kind of going to watch. I expect it to go 1-1 split in both both cities. I don't expect. I expect the Warriors to win game one, and then the Raptors to respond, then win game three, and then the Warriors respond to win game four. And then they're going to need a momentum shift because they're going to be like, this is way too even. All right, KD, whatever fake injury we've said you had, which is way more serious than it is, just – put an ejection in there and step onto the court real quick because they will desperately need him, I think. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think it's going to, you know, whether, you know, it goes 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 or, you know, one team goes up 2-0 and then the other team answers back with uh, two wins in a row. I definitely think it's going to be 2-2 two, two, and then it's going to be a three-game series at the end, mm -hmm. regardless of if KD comes back. Uh, if, if you look at, Toronto's last two series uh, against the Sixers. I'm pretty sure they were up two games, and then they let the Sixers come back and tie it up 2-2 against them. Or it might it might have just gone back and forth 1-1. But, uh, you know, regardless, it, it was 2-2 and turned into a three-game series after that. Uh, in Milwaukee, they let Milwaukee, you know, get the first two games, and then they answered back, you know, with two of their own. So uh, if you look at, you know, Toronto sort of seems like the team that they either, you know, come out with two quick wins and then they sort of get figured out a little bit or 
they get smacked in the teeth twice, and <laughs> then they figure out the team they're playing against a little bit, and then come come out with two wins of their own. So it's it sort of seems like, uh, you know, they sort of get they they either find out the, the team they're playing, or they get found out a little bit uh, yeah. within the first uh, you know four games of that seven game series. Uh, so I, I definitely agree that it's going to be two two. If KD comes back, uh. I think the Warriors win two straight games and the, and, it, and it ends four two. If KD doesn't come back, it's kind of a coin. It's flip. It's kind of a coin flip, but my gut feeling is still telling me that it's gonna go probably gonna go to a game seven. But the Warriors are gonna come out on top even without KD. I just I don't like the matchup. Too many de- uh, deficiencies on on Toronto, like you said, Lowry. Uh, really, you can only put him on Steph, and if Steph has a field day. Then you know, all he wants double teams, because then you double Makes him, someone else. <laughs> you double him, someone else is open, and he just kicks it to a guy who, ninety percent of the time, is going to make that shot. So, if Lowry can't defend him, that that's going to be very tough to uh, to come back from for Toronto. So, yeah, I, I I think either way, I think unfortunately Golden State's winning this one. Please, please prove me wrong, Toronto. I will be the happiest. <laughs> you know podcaster ever if you prove you know prove me wrong i really want you to win but i don't know just the facts i have in front of me are telling telling me that that i mean you, know, you don't have a chance i um i looked into some of the, these matchups so i'm going to relay them to you and i'll tell you what i put but um so so i'm going to tell you each position with their depth but then i'm also going to have a bench category and i'm going to have you pick what you would rather prefer so would you rather have the point guards of the Warriors? <laughs> I'm not even going to go into depth. I feel like you're going to say yes. <laughs> because it's Curry and Quinn Cook, or you would take Lowry and Van Fleet. Oh, I mean, Steph, you could give me Steph and, and a piece of wood, and I'm going to pick Steph yeah, Curry. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> uh, You got Clay versus Danny Green. But it also with uh, Van Fleet's going to play shooting guard too because they're going to play Lowry and Van Fleet together. But it's also Livingston's aging, decrepit body, also with Clay. But I already feel like. But that's an. Even still, I'm choosing the Warriors because. Oh no, I don't Living, blame you at Livingston, all. Livingston, that's a they. That's the other thing. They they have these guys like the you know the eighth, ninth, and tenth man on their on their team are stepping up like especially in the playoffs. Like Livingston, I think a year or two ago, like had an absurd finals. Like he was mm-hmm. going off. Like that's that's the thing. Like these guys come alive. Like, uh, especially in the postseason and and uh, dudes that you normally you know don't think are gonna have that big of an a- impact. You, you know, drop twenty two on drop drop twenty five on you in a night. So even still, I would probably still go with the yeah the shooting guards on on the Warriors. So would you take at small forward Iggy for like three games with KD, or are you gonna take Kawhi and Norman Powell? Oh, just for the record, I also agreed on the point guard and shooting guard selections. That's what I picked. If KD doesn't play, I'm going with Toronto. But if he does play, obviously I'm, you know, Kevin Durant's the best player in the game right now, and you have to go with with him in terms of forwards. This is where we differ. Um, <laughs> I picked Kawhi and Norman Powell, and I don't care if KD comes back. I'm not getting KD 100, percent and he's a pure shooter. And if his legs like messed up, he's not going to shoot at the level he can. You jump in your shot they call it a jump shot you jump if you're <laughs> that calf, what they call it that if your killy or calf or whatever the hell is injured with him is torn then i'm not expecting durant to even remotely he'll become like the third option i think if he comes back i i think Kawhi is going to dominate this series it's going to basically be the narrative of Kawhi plus whoever beat the warriors in this game it's gonna be Kawhi plus the next man up basically and um I think Kawhi is gonna be abs- like put up LeBron James 2015 numbers against this Warriors team, but now it's like this is where it gets kind of interesting. You kind of win. It's kind of e- I think it's kind of equal in terms of overall impact. Uh, the power forward position it's Draymond Green and Kevon Looney with Siakam, Serge Ibaka, and um, Norman Powell. I would probably take the Raptors. Uh, Sergi Baca has played in a final series before, so it's. I mean, it's it's not like it's uh you know his first rodeo, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, Chiakum's a pretty solid player too. 
So yeah, I, I'd probably uh, I'd probably go with them. I, uh, I plus pick, I hate Draymond. I'll never pick him for anything, even I, uh, hypothetically. <laughs> I pick I pick Draymond not because of Draymond, because I think Sab- uh, Siakam and Draymond are pretty equal. But I think that Kavon Looney has been really big for the Warriors in this past season and has really stepped up in terms of what he's uh, done for this team. I mean, he he's really taken the next step. He he's rumored to get like pretty heavy contract from someone this offseason. I mean, the Warriors probably won't be able to afford him, but it's not saying I don't like Siakam. He's young. He's inexperienced. This is his first finals. He's going to have jitters. He's going to be rattled. It's more like I'm picking like a hollowed-out version of Siakam in a in Ibaka. Who am I, I know what I'm going to get from Ibaka. He's been there. He's been in the postseason for so long anyway that it's. I know what I'm going to get. And this is where it gets really like bad for the Warriors that the center position – is you're getting Bogut and an injured Boogie versus um, Marcus Saul and Ibaka, and I feel like for me at least that was like Gasol. a no brain. Yeah, Marcus Saul. This is like he has to bring something new to the table. I mean, he kind of fizzled in this uh, Raptor series, and you kind of forgot he was on the court until like he shot an open three in like the third quarter, like, and that was his first attempt <laughs> in the game. And I'm like, they have Marcus Gasol just basically sitting there, just being like, hey, <laughs> I'm Mark, <laughs> and just does absolutely nothing. It's like the it's like the Jackie Moon, like, all right, pass it to me. I'm, I, pass me the ball. Oh, I don't like it. Back out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pass it to me. No, I don't like it. Back out. <laughs> does not going to shoot until the third quarter, yeah. And, but I still picked Marcus Alnibaka because you don't know what you're getting out of Boogie. I mean, they're worse def- offensively with Boogie. I mean, in the two games they played, they had a negative nine plus or minus. Oh, God. But, um, I mean, this just isn't the regular season. And if you're – like Steve Kerr said it earlier today, like you can't just like warm him in. You can't just like throw him in and let it, the team ease back into being it. This is the finals. Like every game matters. So you it, like it's gonna be really interesting to see how they tackle this boogie thing if he's gonna play game one. Like, are they gonna be like, all right, boogie, here's 15 experimental minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's again, that's that guy. Uh, he's like, um, he's like a radioactive material. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll pull. I'll do my best, Colin Coward. Uh, impression oh here we go i'm gonna tell you why boogie cousins is like a radioactive <laughs> isotope <laughs> he can power if you use him right he could power your nuclear plant for the next 120 years but if you use him wrong chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> we saw what happened there and we, yeah, we all know i've seen happened. the doc <laughs> so yeah like I, I mean i think that's a guy if, if uh the He's like so. He's so volatile. Like, you know, he could either be an explosion in your locker room for a good thing, a good reason, or a bad reason. He, he could, you know, spark a you know a wildfire under everyone's ass and you know get them psyched up to play. Or or he could just get everyone pissed off and and you know their chemistry <laughs> could go guy. down the poop chute basically. Uh yeah, and then it's like there's so many factors for this Warriors team. It's so weird. There's so many things that could either help them or hurt them in such a significant way, especially at the rate they're playing. Granted, it was the Trailblazers, which I never thought would be in the Western Conference. I thought it, finals. I thought it was going to be OKC from that side. But as we all saw, Russ destroys everything. So <laughs> that was cool. Uh, then it comes down to the bench, and I – I know you've been saying that you think th- that you believe that this Warriors bench is really deep. I think it's just Iggy and um, come on Looney. I mean, Sean Livingston's kind of a skeleton and I don't really give two shits about Quinn cook. I mean, um, I think I trust that what we saw a uh, van fleet keeps up this. I just had a kid mentality yeah. <laughs> then with Fred jr. I think that's going to be pretty, that's very important. Ibaka. I expect Norman Powell's been insane. I don't get where Norman Powell just decided to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a decent bench player this year and just leave it at that. Only in the postseason, though. So as much as I hate Steve Kerr, he's a very, very smart coach. And uh, if KD's not able to play, like I know you you say the bench isn't going to be as deep, but if KD isn't going to play, they're going to try to replace him with some of their bench players. It's sort of like if if you've ever seen the movie – you know, money ball. It's like, okay, Jason Giambi has a, you know, 0.600 on base percentage. Yeah. Okay. We got rid of him. We can't replace that with one player. So why don't we get three players who all have a 0.200, you 
you know, on base percentage. And the th- combination of all three of them equals the on base percentage that we had with Giambi. So it's mm-hmm. basically like I, th- I feel like they do the same thing sometimes. Okay, KD gives us 35 a night. We can't get 35 from him now, but we'll get 12 from Sean Livingston, 10 from Quinn Cook, and 15 from Looney or something. Like So, you know, they're going to basically try to replace him with minutes. With, with minutes from a lot of other guys. And that's the other thing. Yeah, you said, oh, th- this person didn't appear a lot in the last series of this person. I think that works to Steve Kerr's advantage. He's going to throw guys in who have been in this position before. So it's McKinney's not like going to e- ball. Yeah, <laughs> who have been in this position. It's not like they're going to wilt under the pressure of the finals, even if they, you know, haven't been fully healthy or, or not been in the rotation for that many minutes a game. Like he's, I think he's going to throw the kitchen sink at uh, at Toronto and just see like, oh, hey, we're going to throw everything at you, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks basically. And then I think they'll probably move from there. Do you think this is? Do you think that Kawhi is going to determine his future based off this series, no. or do you think he's already determined it by this I point? I think he already. I I don't think this finals is going to determine what happens. He's already. I feel like he's the type of dude. He's already decided what he's going to do, and uh, regardless of what happens in this, he's already made up in his mind whether to to stay or leave. So, yeah, I. It's not like he's going to tell anyone either. He's such a weird guy. So we we uh, we probably won't find out until much later in the summer. But yeah, I feel like I feel like even before the finals, he probably has his mind made up. Yeah, I mean, he's such a quiet guy. You're not going to really. There's no one on this planet that's like I know exactly. Quiet what he's guy, thinking. except for that creepy laugh. I've <laughs> I've, I've heard that video. What he's even what Kawhi said wasn't funny. <laughs> like that was just Kawhi humor. Just be like <laughs> he was like if I laugh somewhat like a human, maybe all these other humans will laugh with me. Like, all right, guys. He like raises up his hands. He's like, "Come on, guys." And everyone was like, "Ah." He's like he, he reminds me of like, you know, the they hold up the applause sign for the audience or like the, <laughs> you know the laugh sign for the audience like you know he, he like has to do things on cue because he doesn't <laughs> understand normal social interactions oh god well this has been a good episode um we're gonna keep doing this format i believe we're gonna try to integrate some new things though i think we're gonna try to explore some more like uh you guys really like the Game of Thrones stuff, so we're going to try to think of some way that we can like integrate more film, like TV or movies, into some of these pods. But until then, you know where to follow us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And thanks for all the love you guys have been giving us on Instagram. It's been really great. If you guys have any criticisms of the show, though, we're also open to knowing what you guys would want to hear. This is a, a show made for the people, not just for us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Tell me how I suck and how I should get better. (laughs) Don't hold back. We're ready. But until the next time, this has been a great time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.